Welcome to episode 44 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter and send us email at holla <laughs> at two on three pod.com. I am Chris, and I'm comfortable letting automated cars decide who lives and dies. And you can follow me at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. So, you know. I'm, I just think we need to, the system needs a, a complete overhaul. Like, just get the pedestrians off the streets. We need more overpasses. Do you know? Fix it. Don't don't half-ass it. I don't know. The cars the cars are going to kill people, but it's just people kill people. So we're just looking to kill less people, right? Right. I I don't want to tread on the that reasons are the uh, uh, their their fear of automation. Fear of automation. But that the, there's an article in the Washington Post today where um, where they were they're talking about how automated cars have to decide who lives and dies because yeah i saw in, in emergency situations it's gonna have to decide which i didn't think about personally but so you uh, see this goes back to my our need for the social scoring because then the cars can have the input it's like oh you're a piece of shit i'm just gonna run you over right i picked up his rfid Ooh, let's run him over <laughs> yeah let's just do it anyway you know, just <laughs> the car purge. <laughs> it's like the car version of the purge. Cars are just walking around looking for people with low, low competency scores, social competency scores, and just running them over. <laughs> you know, not to completely waylay us before we even get started on the show, but speaking of our favorite sex bot podcast, um, you know, I work full time remote, and a lot more of that time is on video now than it ever used to be in the past, and that's fine. It helps me make sure I, you know, I cleanse myself on a regular basis which sometimes can get away from you when you spend too much time away from the public sure but there was some discussion in the like at large meeting about the need to have a professional backdrop oh right? yeah so that yeah like, like i mean you you've got some you know nice some nice books and shelving it's clearly an office sure um, it's fine mine's pretty good i got a lot of memorabilia in my background so it's a little distracting sometimes and that just happens to be because this is the one place where all the stuff that used to hang on my walls when i was single is now crammed into in this house <laughs> right right um but, but i was not, thinking that's not not professional though it's not like you have correct like a farrah fawcett poster from 1978 on the wall well so i was thinking that behind <laughs> me also is there's a couch in here and i think it was how hilarious would it be if the next time i got on a video call if there was just a big like sex doll behind me sitting on the couch <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, creepy. What? this is my man cave what is the problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's fine don't worry about that all right well oh. you can find me at seatjk for more premium content just like this <laughs> <laughs> that was our pre-pod podcast that was the, the prologue the prologue what we're actually talking about today is uh in first segment we're going to talk about when are you officially old in the next segment is trick-or-treating dying and uh, in the third segment, should uh, the internet be a utility? And in our overtime today, we'll talk about the best thing I read on the internet this week. And because we record early in the week, it's easy to say. It's easy. To, <laughs> it's it's easy to uh, you know decide what you what was the best thing you read this week. Anyway, and off and we're off and running. I like it. All right. Oh man, you know what I did? I jacked this up. We changed the order of the thing, but I didn't change the order of my uh, intro. Okay, so because, start over with... Uh, no, we'll, that oh. was fine. We'll just jump right into it. We don't need to re-record that. <laughs> well, you already brought it up. Now I feel like we've got this big bump in the show. We might no, well it's it. fine. People like the organic nature of our incompetence. Our internet, <laughs> our, pod, our podcast competency score just went down. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, we... Chris likes to keep it real on the show, so this will be fun for everybody. Right. Yeah, Ty likes to edit a little bit. Whatever. You know, (laughs) people who listen to this... There are a lot of people who listen to this show who actually are podcasters as well. They understand. They get it. All right, so we really are starting with Halloween, the Halloween uh, topic. The uh, the trick-or-treat is dying. Um, Is it dying? That's the question. this This is a good question. My kids are... Traditionally get pretty jacked for going trick-or-treating. They like it. Okay. And um, what's your routine? I have I have one who's aging out. Sure. But I have. Yeah, isn't one who's she illegal in one of the states across the country? <laughs> I don't know. You Did you see that people. story? No. There's a story, and I forgive me for not knowing which state it is, but there's a story where it's like it's against the law to trick or treat if you're over 12. What? Like it's punishable by up to like six months in jail and Jesus. like a five thousand dollar fine. Whatever. I know, what, right? Why are people? Who who would pass a law like that? What like what what terrible Halloween Grinch would pass a terrible law like that? Anyway, I, I, I can look it up while you're talking. Anyway, she's not. <laughs> that's fine. She's naturally aging out anyway. And but 
traditionally, uh, you know, and we live in a in a what I like to call a summertime social neighborhood, which is to say, I don't see any of my neighbors all year, but as sure. soon as the weather gets nice, people sort of are, are out and about. You know, people are kind of in the streets. I get to know people a little bit. They're, you know, we we have there's two cul-de-sacs, like one to our right, one to our left, and we kind of have a little bit of a neighborhood thing going. Sure. So it's it's pretty cool to be able to get the kids out and you know see the people you know that are that are within an easy touching distance, and then and then a couple of streets over is a really festive Halloween street. So for us, it's been pretty good. I mean, that's a that's the, that's one of the big pluses of living in suburbia. But we don't get a ton of trick or treaters ourselves at our house just because our house isn't very trick or treat friendly. We're mm-hmm. off the street quite a bit. We're up a hill. You know, you've got to walk up a little bit, and then the payout. You don't know. You get a fun size candy bar. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, <laughs> damn it. You know, I walked up here for that mini. Do you decorate? Do you decorate min- the house? You know, we have a we have some pumpkins and stuff like that, but we're not. You know, I don't have dry ice and you know cackling witches or anything like that. But it's a, you know, it's it's pretty. We do we do it pretty basic, but okay. You know, but I know that I like Halloween because my birthday's right. I, I have Halloween. fog and a cackling witch. I just you do? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my buddies hit it right on the head there. <laughs> me and my buddy Simon used to be the kings of Halloween. We used to have the best Halloween party. Every year, but we, uh, but you know, so we we live in an okay neighborhood for trick or treating. I think it's probably better than average. I don't know. What do you? I mean, your your you, your neighborhood probably is okay for trick or treating. Yeah, it's uh, it's similar in layout. Um, it's a couple of cul-de-sacs connected by a through street, right? And our my kids are a little younger than yours, and they're just getting into it, so it's real exciting. And what I've noticed is that this is the kind of thing where, at least when I was a teenager, it was for sure dying out. Um, even younger kids, like the thing to do was like to go to like a converted warehouse or, or conference, not conference space, but rather, um, convention space. And there'd be like exhibitors and you'd trick or treat at like these booths. And that was like a thing because it was like the safe trick or treat place. Like you yeah. have to go out on the street because what, because at some point everyone thought it was super dangerous. And I mean, I don't, yeah. li- I've never lived in a place where it was super dangerous. When I was a kid, I, we lived in a small town and trick or treating was the thing. We trick or treated right. like crazy people. We went everywhere. Yeah. When I was like a fourth and fifth grader, I just lived in the suburbs of Seattle and it was, you know, pretty sleepy for the most part, but there was, it was as, as much as, as close to uh, the trick or treat scene in ET as I, as I could probably recreate. <laughs> Um, but a little less, I don't remember going out in the middle of the day, like those kids, there's a thousand <laughs> kids, by the way, if you watch ET, that, that trick or treat scene, there's just, the street is teeming with children. Yes. Um, no, but we get out. It's good. And I, I think that what's, uh, what, what's happening in the neighborhood, and I don't know if this is occurring where you live as well, but there's a bit of a neighborhood, um, demographic turnover going on where like when we moved here, it was, you know, a lot of. A lot of young families and then a lot of uh, quite old people that are still in the ho- home they probably raised their kids in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of an original, where we're at, kind of an original Seattle suburb where it was built in like the 80s, right? So our neighborhood like has that feel to it. Sure. Sometimes I think I was seeking that out, like trying to reproduce my own childhood. <laughs> like, who bought this place? <laughs> I don't think it was like conscious, but the more that I've lived here, the more I think that I was subconsciously trying yeah, to you know, recapture something. Right. Like a neighborhoody neighborhood, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger yard, you know, kind of a thing. I yeah. mean, I, I get that. I get that. I get that entirely. I think there's a, there's a lot of, of that, you know, we want to pass on to the kids, but I also understand that they're, I mean, in our neighborhood, it can get pretty hilly. Mm-hmm. So I understand that there's probably a number of houses where, where it just doesn't make sense to trick or treat because you'd get, you get tired, especially with little kids. You sure. know, you can't, you can't, you won't be able to pull that off. And, uh, but there's a, there's a place down the hill near the lake, like right on the lake, there's this neighborhood that is a des what is a quote unquote destination trick or treat. Oh yeah. Area where bus, they drop off buses of kids into this okay. neighborhood. Like it's one like of the those. Christmas light neighborhoods. Yes. <laughs> Except it's perfectly laid out for trick or treating. Um, and, People do it. People do it right. It's one of those places that I, I had a. I knew a guy who lived down there. It is a trick or treat scene where you never close your door. 
Really? You just stand yeah. there and hand and just constantly handing candy out. You stand out in a steady stream of kids. What are you in for the- on this night? Like a thousand dollars of the candy? I don't know. And now, so it was funny because my friend was a dentist, and he would <laughs> and he would give out full size candy bars. He literally, and he would give them all out. I think, I think you're, I think we were talking about a thousand bucks worth. That's of, that guy was a pimp. I had much respect to him. I, oh, I remember those those houses. So much. That's the full size candy bar house. We gotta go there. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he was a door open the whole night kind of place. But yeah. I do feel bad for for kids who live in parts of the city or or in areas where they they can't trick or treat because I think trick or treating is fun. I mean, it's fun to put on a costume and hit the neighborhood and you know come home with a big bag of candy. Sure. And as usual, my take on this always has a technology bent. Um, I think, you know, if you're familiar, we've talked about Nextdoor before, a social network, uh, which primarily is about bitching about your neighbors, as far as I can tell, and then asking people to, like, borrow tools and also (laughs) uh, for recommendations on people to, like, clean your gutters (laughs) and also lost pets, (laughs) the world's largest lost pet board. Um, But they have a feature now where you can designate your house as a trick-or-treat stop. So if you pull out the Nextdoor map and you're walking around your neighborhood, you'll know which doors to knock on and which ones not to. Because re- we've definitely did you register? Some. Did you register your house? Yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to do that. We got the I'm, decorations and stuff. I want to make I'm the just most gonna, of it, right? I'm just going to turn on the porch light. Oh, that's <laughs> which, which is the universal, okay. I should please, come to my, please come to my house for trick-or-treat. I didn't register the house. I don't actually spend any time on next door. I just hear about it through <laughs> okay. it, a local conduit that lives see, in my home. I see the there's a, there's another person who yes. hangs out on the next door. Yeah. But no, my wife's a big fan of the holiday and really gets excited for it. And you know, I can get enthusiastic about getting the decorations up. And we're going to put the effort into it. I'd love people to come see it. So you yeah, know, come on by. That's um, cool. That's cool. And you know, I think still, I think there's a lot of, I think there are a lot of parents who are still more comfortable with their kids trick or treating at the mall and all that kind of sure. stuff. And depending upon how the weather turns out, right? It's it's uh, you have to be if you're going to live in the Pacific Northwest, you have to be ready to ready to brave the elements. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, not a lot of fun to wear a giant North Face coat over the top of your costume, <laughs> right? Especially if you're a princess or something like that. But right. we years ago we found. Um, these this costume uh, for our son that is a pullover costume and it's perfect because you can wear a raincoat underneath it and just Mm. pull the costume over the top and it's actually works really well it's light and it's and it's you know it's a funny costume Mm -hmm. and uh and he wears it every year and he's worn it for three years he doesn't even ask for a new costume he's like oh i'm gonna get the costume what is it why keep me in suspense oh i'm sorry it's a shark Okay, but he's the shark, but it looks like his face is. In, it's like you know how Jaws is like, like he's pointing upward. No, you know his face is in the shark's mouth. Sure, <laughs> but it's the Jaws. You know how the Jaws um, poster is the top of his head. Yeah. So from the front, all you see is the top of the shark's head and his face. <laughs> and then if you look at it from the back, it looks like the shark has got thin. It's got the big. It's got the big dorsal thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about here. But what's nice is it's big enough to where you can just pull a raincoat on and then pull that over the top of you, and then you're good to you're good. It's like Maggie Simpson, but but a shark, right? (laughs) (laughs) But what's funny is I think there's a lot of kids who get new costumes every year. Sure. And my son just he's just like let's get the costume out. He doesn't ask. He he never asked. He's never asked for. He had the same costume when he was a little kid all the way till he got the shark costume. And now he said this is maybe the third year or the maybe the third year of the shark costume, but he didn't even ask for a new costume. He's huh. like, let's get the costume on. I'll go cricket treating. It's just the costume. See, I wore like a homemade monkey costume when I was like a like a, a really small, like maybe the first three years of elementary school. Mm-hmm. But that's because we were poor. <laughs> <laughs> I had a homemade monkey costume. Hey, did you ever cross? I did. I cross dressed one year for for Halloween. I don't think I've ever dressed up as a woman. No. I was actually a very cute girl in fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. My mom had like some, for some odd reason, had one of those like bouffant, not bouffant, like a, it's like a, one of those 60s type wigs with the, I don't know why she had it. Maybe she wanted a different hairdo at one point and had this wig, but they dressed me up and we was like, oh, I'm just going to go as a girl. <laughs> I saw somebody dressed on the internet the other day as Jon Snow White. Oh, so he's got like a beard and the black hair and the black cape and then underneath he's got a snow white costume on underneath the black cloak john snow white that's yeah. very good that's very clever we'll see we'll have to uh we'll have to um 
compare next week and uh, see if there were some interest. If you got any interesting costumes. All right, we'll do a Halloween review. Maybe perhaps. this was the Halloween preview. What's That's next? Right. Uh, next up is what do you do that makes you officially old? <laughs> and I think I think well, that the sort of sort of certified old is, I believe, what what showed up in the in the uh, in the I Ching this week. Well. I, I recently had a birthday, and I'm getting up there, and you have one coming up here quite, well, quite soon. Quite soon. Um, we're exactly, well, not I guess I shouldn't say, exactly means we're born on the same day, obviously, but no, we're close, uh, our birthdays are close together, and we are functionally a decade apart. Right. So we're both approaching some milestones. And I just, it really crystallized for me. I mean, I mean, you know, I there's lots of things that I've been doing that I'm becoming well, let's be clear. Let's be clear. You're not even 40 yet. <laughs> So, so officially old is a is a is a funny thing to to say. But okay, I'm willing to I'm willing to hear your I'm willing to hear your I'm willing to hear your 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 you're in the early you're in the early stages of fossilization. Is that what you're saying? It's not quite. Well, like I said, the working full time remote is really like hastening the process because like (laughs) I don't have to leave the house hardly ever. So I'm really getting like very particular and crotchety much much faster it's like light speed changing because right. i don't have to be around people very much mm-hmm. um but it really crystallized for me on i think it was monday night so uh i mentioned on twitter if you follow me that i've been sick for a couple of days so if i sound funny that's why um and on monday night i was really just crashed out on the couch and uh watching i flipped on the monday night football game and and then they like had a halftime musical performance by lil yachty who? <laughs> Lil Yachty. He's very okay. popular. All right, fine. I'm familiar with Lil Yachty. I don't listen to his music, but I'm familiar with him. And I was like, had the full on moment of, I was like, this is like, this is on a Monday night football, which means it's intended for a very broad audience. And theoretically it should be some of the most popular music in the country, which I guess technically it is. And I really had a moment of, man, today's music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not, even, I, mean, I don't want to get into it. I'm, I don't, if you like Lil Yachty, good for you. I, it's just, I don't, it's, it's the, you're it's, not connecting with the little Yachty. It's beyond that though. It's like, it is exactly the kind of crazy computer synth auto tune music that they told us future music was going to be like and how it was going to suck back in the eighties when right. we were like, everybody but, pretending but you, but then, but then you like two chains. You like some of those songs, sure, but this is just—it's—it's it's gone. It's just—it's just a keyboard. <laughs> Fine. And then, then the next day, and again, I think it might be influenced because you know when I when I get sick, I get awfully pessimistic, and some might say that I'm pessimistic on a regular basis. I like to say I'm a pragmatist, but you know, whatever. Sure, tomato, uh, tomato. Sure, <laughs> they're doing those fireball commercials on during football or whatever, and. I'm sitting there thinking, just thinking about drinking fireballs enough to give me acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> You're not down with like doing shots. Like the, uh, just the thought no. of doing shots oh. is just, yes. You no. know, and, and I will tell you, I will tell you, I will tell you where it comes, where it begins. And it begins with your ability to bounce back. Yes. Like so when Recovery you were, time. when you were 22 years old or 23 years old, you could drink till two in the morning till you could close the bar down on a Wednesday come into work on Thursday and it would be fine for the most like part you'd, you'd grab you'd come home after work and then you'd grab a something to eat and you'd grab a nap on the couch and then you'd wake up and then you'd you know about 930 <laughs> then you'd watch TV until one and then you'd go to bed and you'd be totally fine you'd be back to normal right like nowadays just the just the th- I think it begins there. Just the thought of having to deal with the recovery of a of a of a late nighter or a or a binge is just so un- unpleasant. You just rather hang it up. It's like I'll just go home at nine o'clock because I can't. Because if I if I thought for one second I could grab drinks and hang till one thirty and then make it home and then function for the next three days you'd be sadly mistaken and i think that's where everything starts it starts with the whole physicality of everything when you're you know do you hey do you want to do this it's like i don't know oh well, <laughs> you know it's like, absolutely. it's like oh it's like but if i do that i'm gonna be like i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt for like two weeks 
And, you know, I just <laughs> just laugh. I, I'm thinking about the same thing about ski seasons coming up because I just mm. got I just got all my kids got kitted out with their rent season rentals and all that stuff. And I'm looking at my snowboard and I'm thinking, God damn it. You know, I'm just going to every Monday I'm just going to limp into work. After I went back to skiing a couple of years ago. I'm done with snowboard. Yeah, I just I can't. I, I never learned to ski, so this is really my only thing. And it's I'm just I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the snowboard. I'm like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> man, am I ready? Am I, I need to I need to find myself maybe a more comfortable rig because mm-hmm. my rig's old and yeah. Time I to just, get one of those big fat boys. You just I still just have one. I have one, but it's just maybe a little too long and it's a little too mm-hmm. hard to turn. It's like time to get me something. I you know I I picked out one of those. Omni, you know those one direction, the directional board, mm-hmm. and like, I'm thinking I'm just gonna find myself the most comfortable rig and just and just take it easy, because really, that's the that's where officially that's where where you officially become old, where you're like thinking about the ramifications of your actions <laughs> before you take on stuff. Yeah, <laughs> because before it's just like yeah, let's just do it. I'll just deal with the whatever later. Yeah, and now it's like oh lord. Well, you're talking oh. about drinking. I mean. I get hung over while I'm drinking now. Like, <laughs> like four beers in, I'm like, oh, my head hurts. <laughs> and it's hard to push through it. And like, I feel like if you actually wanted me to hang till one thirty or close the bar with you, like I'm definitely gonna be mixing like water in and going slow. Cause otherwise I don't like, what time are we starting this? Endeavor? <laughs> yeah. I'll see. I mean, if we started 11, I might be able to make it to one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you call me, if I, if I meet you at, at the bar at, because I'm old, if I meet you there at nine, which would be late for me, yeah, to meet you out. Right. Hey, oh you want to meet me? At, hey, you want to meet me out? Yeah. What time? We? What time you want to meet up? How about nine? I'd be like, no. fuck no. no. Are you kidding me? So no, I'll meet uh, you at like, seven, and I'm leaving at ten. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'll, I'm gonna come after work. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna go home and then come out to the bar. No, if I go home, that's it's over. <laughs> <laughs> There's no. <laughs> that's that's the old right there. That's right. You gotta catch me. You gotta catch me out. Like I have to be out. I have yeah. to stay out. Yeah. Well, so this is the, this is what I'm saying. So working from home is making it worse. We had a work thing that started in downtown Bellevue at five, but I've been here all day, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I have to like get ready and like drive downtown for the evening (laughs) (laughs) which again it was fine it was fun it actually was fairly productive but um it was just sitting there going in the same thing i got a buddy coming into town he lives uh, a mutual friend of ours actually um lives in chicago haven't seen him for years at this point Uh, we talk fairly infrequently but enough to you know maintain the relationship sure and he's gonna stay with us for a couple of nights but um the first night he's staying at a hotel and he's coming tomorrow and he was talking about where he was going to stay. And one of the places he was talking about staying is actually really close to our place, like two miles down the street. Um, and then later on he was like, Oh, I'm going to stay downtown for the first night. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Downtown well, Seattle. Yes. Downtown, downtown. Okay. I was like, Oh, well then I'm not going to come meet you. Right. <laughs> like, no, you're on your own pal. Right. So, yeah. Cause I'm not driving downtown Seattle at like, eight o'clock at night yeah well i mean the the hotel he wasn't gonna stay out here in the burbs uh is you know like a, like a four dollar uber ride it's perfect yeah, sure but i i gotta go downtown now i gotta it's like a, like I a gotta, 30 minute trip <laughs> right i gotta drive myself yeah downtown but how terrible is that it's that not my terrible. good friend <laughs> who i haven't seen it's, it's completely understandable <laughs> like really if i rolled into town and i and i called you and i said you know, hey, stand downtown. I've got a work thing. To, uh, you want to meet me after the thing? Let's meet up about what eight thirty on like, like a weeknight. Yeah, I'd be like, sorry, dude. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, seven. Coming. It's got to be seven. That's the it's latest. Gotta, it's got to be seven. I got to be in bed by ten. Yeah. It's like I'm not. You know, this is. I'm officially old, but yeah. up. There it is. Well, well, I mean, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. <laughs> because, 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 really, you know, your friends should understand that. But I understand. Well, they do. Yeah. No, there was no hate. It was just he, sort of like very matter of fact. I was like, oh well. I mean, I'll come if you really want me to, but it'd be a lot cooler <laughs> if I didn't have to. <laughs> I mean, and part of it was also that he's staying here for a couple of nights, right? So it was yeah, sort yeah. of like, well, I don't need to come see you. If it was right. like. Right. I wasn't going to see him if I didn't go. Then I would definitely go. Is he staying downtown for the treat of staying downtown? 
He was going uh, to, but no, and he's actually going to end up staying out here. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I understand if you wanted to, if there was some place you wanted to eat downtown or yeah, yeah, whatever, absolutely. I mean, you should just you should go. I mean, there's there's certainly plenty of good reasons. Well, I'm also to be in a, downtown Seattle, and I'm such a good friend. I'm going to let him borrow my car while he's here. So if he wants to go do something, he can go do yeah. it. Yeah, well, you are a good friend, man. I yeah. should move out of town just so I could come like stay at your house and then drive <laughs> your car and shit. <laughs> it's like. <you> know, <laughs> I don't even have a joke for that. <laughs> I, thought I, had, I thought I had something and I don't. Let's just let the time run out of this. You want to sit here for eight All seconds? Right. Here we go. Eight <laughs> seconds. Count it down. No, it's, come on. We're, it's, it's, we're, we're stretching. It's good practice. Really? Stre- <laughs> there it is. All right. You know, sometimes, sometimes, hey, for every time we've blown through the, the alarm, Yeah. you know, it's nice that sometimes we finish a little bit ahead of the alarm. All right. So uh, in our third segment, discussing the internet, should it be a utility? I mean, we're. T- I mean, this is a, this is actually an interesting thought because I think of utilities as something that everyone should have access to. And at this point, I mean, even in small towns and whatnot, they have access to broadband. You have to live. You have to live pretty much in the boonies to not have access to any sort of broadband at this point. But what you're saying is, are you saying? Are you, th- are you thinking that everyone should have access to it, just like everyone has access to electricity and water and whatnot, and uh, and that it should be more of a public and a governmental thing, or are you just saying? I in think if general, you live somewhere where the government provides power, that the government should also provide you internet access. Yeah, it's not. It's that. It's that important. It's that. Yeah, important. it's that important. I mean, it's just. I probably could have now, <laughs> in retrospect, done if I. Had, known for sure we were going to do this, done some research on what made us decide to make the electrical grid a utility. I think probably just the, the sheer need for organization and uniformity. Right. But, and that's that's part of the problem with the internet is it grew off of existing entertainment networks, essentially. Yeah, um, I mean, it was never a... Go- I, mean, I mean, the internet, quote-unquote. Broadband, rather. I mean, yeah. dial-up, obviously, dial-up is... You do have internet, because you have phone service, you have the yeah. internet. The internet was built for the government to use, and then yes. we all sort of glommed onto it. And but then... broadband, as we know it, and that's what I mean. I'm talking about high-speed mm-hmm. internet. Like, dial-up is not reasonable. Um, and, and the reason I say that is just because the democratization of information has done very good things for society as a whole. But has also connected people in the worst possible ways. And I, I just think that there's a need to there's an amplification that goes on on, you know, for, of disinformation and things we've talked about before. And I don't want to get too far away from the, the need for the Internet access specifically. But I do kind of feel like there's some sort of a, a need for us to take radical steps to get control of validated information. Uh, you know, like it, there's not a, 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 there's no longer a filter for trusted source information like there used to be with the news. And I realize it's always been biased and skewed in its own ways and influenced sure. by the people who report it and all that stuff. But we've talked about it before that the news was like a loss leader. It was like this neat public service that was provided. And now that the Internet has taken the place of news, we need to have sort of a managed channel. I know this is an impossible political argument in the, our current times. But my point is really just that you know, I'm again, being a full-time remote worker, um, I'm in this weird spot right now where my, our router keeps, uh, factory rebooting every few days. And so I just, you know, the internet basically goes down hard. All the devices disconnect. Um, I've got to go down there, connect a hard line to it, reconfigure it, stand it back up. Uh, got a new one coming, but I've been in this, this area of limbo where I'm just terrified that I just, my ability to even work is just going to shut off. And it just got me thinking that it's just critical that to to so many people's livelihoods and and so many different aspects of it. Sorry, I'm just kind of rambling now. So let That's me okay. hear, let me hear what you have to say about the many things that I've laid out as criticalities <laughs> for the internet. Well, I think that I think that you're right. I think it's I think it is. I think it's if you think about the utilities, you know, power, water, sewer, internet. I think it, it makes it. It makes. I mean, it's perfectly. It's, it, it fits in perfectly with those things. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's it's a it's an integral part of modern life, right? Yes. Like most people, and most people have it. Most people have access to it. You know what I mean? So it's it's becoming the you know TV telephone, right? Telephones falling off. I mean, lot like 
very few people have hardline telephones now. I think it's right. I think it's I think that that part is starting to drop off for a lot of people. And then and then I haven't now, had a landline in more than ten years. Yeah, and I think that I think that and because you have the internet, right? So it becomes this 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 thing where I think that access is something that is the utility. I think that's that's what. I mean, yeah, now content is a whole different story. No, because, I, I think there's two different but, things. But I think that I think that I think that access to the internet is 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 important, and I think that people. I think that more. I think I think everyone should have access to it. I think that there's still a lot of competition in the marketplace. I don't know if I want a public utility that is the internet. I don't even know how that would work currently. I'd, but no, well, that's the problem is that the infrastructure is not there to support it. But let's say in a world where you did have, essentially, you just called up, you know, the internet company, you know. Right. PSI. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and and they come out and they hook up your internet and you're like, okay, everyone's got a, you know, everyone's got gigabit or whatever, you whatever the service, whatever the level of service is that is available in your area, you just get it, right? You just say, and you pay the power company. It's part of your electric bill. Like, electricity and internet. Okay, fine. Um, but I think that, I think when you stray into content, like, I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure how, I mean, I know it's difficult right now that, mm-hmm. that, that finding trusted sources is is difficult if not impossible but but what you i think what you're getting you might be getting at is should the should the whatever the utility provide information i don't know that i meant to go there when i was i was just free forming those ideas like mm-hmm. as they were kind of coming um mm-hmm. and i think that the, you know when i think about what you should possibly have access to like i'm totally fine with cap there being capitalism around the content like especially when it's entertainment based, but I also think that you should have broadband internet that gives you access to the library system. Right. You well, know you what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but as the, as the, as a public utility, like access to the internet should provide you information, and we should have better delineation on the internet things that are sort of quote unquote free content versus paid content. Right. And a lot of sites could offer you know sort of paywalls for the free internet, and that it could include things like the the news from trusted sources but not the editorial stuff like and you should have to pay for editorials well i think that's what i'm I, getting at okay okay i think I, and that I would fuck the fox at. news business plan which is really ultimately what i'm looking to do here <laughs> <laughs> well it would it would it would fuck the cnn business that's plan fine too. that's fine so but you know the uh what what it comes down to for me is that it comes down to all this opinion right everyone's everyone needs everyone has everyone's needs their information and stuff curated for them mm-hmm. or people are busy people sure. have people have things they need to do people have and granted you could do a lot of your own legwork i mean the information's out there if you wanted to f- go through government documents and and data from you know empirical yeah, but sources in this, uh, but that's what we yeah, you need people to curate that for sure. you now the curation business is is you know, it used to be, oh, here, you should look at these things. And now, instead of just gathering up information that might be related, now you get it's related, and here's why, you know, now here's the slant. Right. And now I need to sell this. Now I'm going to sell this to you um, in a way that feeds, you know, feeds your feeds your biases or makes you feel better about how you feel about certain issues. And that's the and that's that's the magic, right? That's where the that's the sizzle, right? It's uh-huh. the, you know, it's, you know, people don't buy steak; they buy the sizzle, right? That right. whole that whole sales bit, but it's true. And people are looking for curated sizzle, and and I don't think that's going away. And I think that that what what for people who are trying to be more reasoned, uh, for people who are trying to, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to be 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 more reasoned in this day and age because you have to you have to not only understand the the information but you have to understand the the nature of the deliverer of that information and can you peel it apart from the biases that it's presented you you know that that is presented you on and then now can i grab the other side of that argument delivered by this other person strip their biases off it and then pull, pull that all together and make some sort of 
reasoned conclusion. And that's, that's becoming a lot of hard work. And that it's, it's, it's difficult, if not impossible, for, for the, casual, the casual observer um, to, to get at, you know, what's, the, what's, what's closest to the truth, right? What's closest to the actual. Well, when I so, put this in the talk sheet, I was really just freaking out about my internet breaking down and, and feeling like there should be just the idea of net neutrality, like, and, and not having it and, you know, being able to charge for premium access and things like that. That just seems wrong to me when it's a source of information for everyone. Um, and I think that where it took a turn for me as we're prepping for the show is just the events of today where the very first reaction I saw to the reports of the, the improvised explosive devices in the mail in the political figures mailboxes this morning, the very first opposition reaction was, well, we need to make sure this isn't a, like a liberal false flag to engender sympathy. Not that those arguments ever need to make any sense, but it's just, it's literally now the first thing. There's not even a bombs were found and we can't even follow like Occam's razor to through, through an investigation. Now it's now immediately there's opposition if it's politically related at all. That's just, that's just Twitter. I mean, that's just, I mean, uh, that's, that's a whole other argument, <laughs> because if if people are trying to get their but news then it was Twitter, the TV all day too. I mean, yeah. I know that's what cable news does, but there's not much difference between cable news and Twitter these days. Which no, which is which is that that might be the actual problem. That that Fair enough. that might be. I mean, I think it took us ten minutes to get to it, but but maybe that's the issue is that that instead of Twitter mimicking the news, which a lot of people think that hey, Twitter's the news, um, that that the news is mimicking Twitter and Fun, Twitter for sure. and Twitter is just a fucking disaster on a daily basis. I mean, it really is. You know, I, tr- I, I, I try to be on less and less, <laughs> but, but it, it's getting easier for me to sort of slice out and make better choices in terms of who I'm following on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what it, that for that's what it's coming down to for me. But that's uh but again, I, you know, I think that, I think that, that internet is, is important for especially for low income people that they should they should have access to the internet just like they have access to power. I think they should be able to have it subsidized in some certain in some ways and shapes and forms because yeah, I think it's as important as water sewer, you know, power. Yeah. And well oh, and I know we're over time, but the last thing I want to say is like with regard to what you're saying about Twitter is that Yes, I hear where you're coming from, but it's also like it can be a so much fun, right? It is one of the most fun <laughs> places on the internet when things are going like NBA Twitter's a blast. Sports Twitter in general is really a lot of fun. Sure, because um, it doesn't clips, because shit talking yeah. and it's just it's good times. Right, it's good times. And then, but, uh, well, what I was gonna say though is that I feel and I have been probably to a a, a degree that it's negatively impacted my life. Uh, felt compelled to be online like super duper intensely for the last couple of years because I don't want something to happen to me to not know about it because it feels much more dangerous than it ever has before. Just start the times we're living in. And I want to make sure I have the most up-to-date information about whatever's happening. And so thinking about the internet is being a utility as a, and a source of information is that you probably should know that the president's just out saying some wild shit. So you can make a decision about whether or not you still you know, want him to be the president when it's time to make that decision. And if you don't have access to the internet, you're going to get it through if, if you watch one news channel, you're going to get one picture. If you watch another news channel, you're going to get another. And it's probably better for you just to see the wild shit, he says, than go be able to look it up. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm getting at, too. And I think, uh, and part of being officially old, to round this back, is <laughs> to, think, to think that the internet is just something that comes into your house. Because most people's internet experience is a mobile experience these days. So... So Fair even enough. though people, so people, people have access to the wild shit, and of course he said a bunch of wild shit and got elected anyway. So we'll see how this. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it ain't like he didn't say wild shit before he got it elected. It was one thing when he was saying wild shit and wasn't the president. You know? <laughs> it's, a totally, it's really quite a different thing. Well, you might you might say, well, at least he's been consistent. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm so happy that he's been consistent. It's been so great. How thrilling! I'm so tired of winning. <laughs> All right. So the OT, speaking of the internet, um, best thing I read on the internet this week. Well, um, so before we get there, uh, since it is the OT, and I've always intended when we <laughs> first fomented, fomented the show fomented. for this to be our stat boy segment, right. uh, it is in Virginia that it is illegal for 13-year-olds to trick-or-treat. What the? What um, are they doing in Virginia? In a Who number of different cities. Oh, I don't, There's no Lord. background here. Jesus. Uh, I, 
I expected to see some sort of mealy mouth ex- uh, explanation that it was to prevent vandalism because that makes sense to me. We don't want teenagers yeah, because on teen- the street because, on Halloween. Yeah, because because teenagers really <laughs> need a reason not to. Wait, they can be on the street. They just can't come to your house and ask for candy. It seems like they can be out, but not trick or treating. That is just the oh god. I All don't right. know. I don't know who whoever proposed this harebrained law needs to be needs to. And then they passed it. I did, I don't know what I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> In like multiple cities, it's they're like all individual ordinances too. Because you know how they like about. laws are co- legislature, local legislatures and city councils are like copycats, right? So somebody yeah. passes a law and then you know we break the seal with our laws in this country. Yeah, I don't know. That's just dumb. We hate our children. Laws. That's those are those are terrific. Everybody yeah, loves. Yeah, hey, lots of old people being officially certified old <laughs> you know, we never is... did get to the second part of that topic which is we should come up with some things that being certified old gets you but i think those might just be senior discounts so should, we need <laughs> like a middle AA, ground it's yeah. called aarp discount. i need a middle age i need some middle age incentives you like, need oh you need like the 35 to 50 like between 35 and 50 i deserve discounts yeah. for being old yeah <laughs> correct no you get none but only you if you're officially old. old and you do things like, oh, I forgot the last thing I was going to mention. So I ripped a pair of jeans accidentally, a pair of jeans I loved. And um, I had a pair of Eddie Bauer hiking pants on my way just separately because uh, they're water resistant. And I wanted some water resistant pants to like wear to football games and maybe play some golf in and stuff. Uh-huh. And the, the hiking pants showed up and they're awesome and they're stretchy and they're comfortable and they have zippy pockets on the legs. Uh-huh. And so they're basically like cargo pants I can wear in public and not look like a doofus. I and have so those pants. I, I wear, <laughs> I wear, I bought, I bought those exact pants in every color they had and two of the khaki kind. I have five pairs of those pants and they're awesome and I wear nothing but those pants everywhere. That's what I'm saying. I was telling my family, old. family, I'm like, I'm like, I'm no longer buying jeans. Jeans are for suckers. Nope. And I'm going to have these stretchy car, these stretchy cargo pants. Thank you for coming. This is this totally reminds me of a time where you said to me, "Do you own a pair of jeans?" Do you remember this? No. It was probably about a it was probably about a decade ago. <laughs> we were and and you said to me at one point, she's you like, "Dude, I don't think I can remember the last time I saw you wearing jeans." And I said, "I don't have time for jeans anymore. I have blue jeans. <laughs> I look like an idiot in blue jeans. I have a I have a pair of blue jeans and I put them on about." A year ago, and I was like, "I look like an idiot wearing these." <laughs> Why do you think you look like an I idiot? I don't know. And he just did a little. I just like, oh God, I just don't. Well, I don't wear blue jeans anymore. I don't know. It just, just they're not comfortable. I have the best hiking pants ever. That like corporate casual hiking pants, and they're the best. They're great. Shout out to Eddie Bauer. I it, who should just, sponsor the show. You know, I, you know, I've thought about doing that before, like the seg- a segment where we just do like fake live reads for shit we like. <laughs> that might have to happen. Perhaps. We have to, we, have, we have to bring that back. All right. So tell me about the best thing you read on the internet this week. Best thing I read on the internet. Players Tribune today. Darius Miles wrote this article called What the Hell Happened to Darius Miles? Yeah. It is amazing, especially for people who followed the NBA in 2000. I love and, Darius Miles. Oh my god, this article is so good. <laughs> and it's, what's funny is the second, there's the opening paragraph and then it's like, I'm about to tell you the most Y2K story ever. <laughs> and it just, and it goes <laughs> on. And then and then he gets Quentin Richardson to be his editor and every, every so often there's editor's note and it's just, it's just Quentin Richardson being his hype man. <laughs> Punch-ins. Oh, my uh-huh. God. Yeah. It's so funny, and it's it's both real, and it's nostalgic, and it's a little sad. Of course. And it's, um, and it's just about, you know, it's it's a guy who, it's, it's, a, it's just about a guy who had it all, and what happens to young athletes after they've had it all. It just it's but it's so well written and it's very funny and it's and you can you can hear his voice in it mm-hmm. and it's just really it's 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 a terrific read it's it's very much a certain time and place sure and it took me right back to that early two thousands NBA scene which was really a lot of fun 
Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that you know basketball right now is probably as popular as it's ever been. Yeah. But there's something about there was something about that era of basketball that I really again you know being for the most part single or newly married and just having a lot of time for this kind of stuff and yeah and uh, you know playing video games just you know yeah, Darius Miles right. Well, so I saw the story. Haven't had a chance to get into it yet. I did see the beginning, and then I kind of uh, sped through. I, I scrolled through it real fast to see how long it was. That's why I haven't had a chance to read it yet because I was like, uh-huh. I don't want to start. I didn't want to no, start it's a, it. It's a, it's a kind of, a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a read. Yeah, it's but a, so a, my a, point is though, what, what blew my mind is the picture of Darius Miles where he's like bald with glasses, like now what he looks like now. Yeah, and he just looks like some middle-aged man. It's just, it yeah. just really threw me. And speaking of being old. Um, it it definitely threw me back in time. And now, do I misremember that these guys were Blazers at one point, or no? Or was uh, Darius Miles not on the Blazers at one point? No, he was. He was. Okay. Yeah, he was a Blazer. It's like toward the end of his. I mean, toward the end of his run. But that 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 original Clipper that original Clippers run with him, Lamar Odin, Quentin Richardson, Corey Maggette. I mean, that's. It's, uh, yeah, I did see an excerpt, and they talked about rolling five deep everywhere, and. <laughs> I still do two fists in the in the uh, on the head on the head he tells, as a celebration he tells, of basketball. He tells the story about where he got that from. Anyway. Awesome. Well, I look forward to learning because I stole yeah. it from him. Yeah, this is a we great. Used to this, do is it. A, this is when I was playing a lot of basketball too. Like this is my senior year in college, two thousand, mm. um, and I'm literally at the IMA at the University of Washington almost every day. So. You know, a- antennas when you're making threes and stuff like this is right in my wheelhouse. So I look forward to reading this. <laughs> so I appreciate you bringing it to my attention, and I'm glad no, we can share it with the listeners as well. It's it's a terrific read. Read it. Did you have anything else to say? Nope. You should just go read it. It's super fun. My favorite thing that I read on the internet this week was a story published in the Seattle Times about death threats and vandalism because Seattle had to hire a mediator over the 35th Avenue Northeast project. This is in a neighborhood I used to live in, and they're you know fixing all of the corners and replacing a bunch of the, the street lights because they're all old school, like on those wires, and now they're trying to put in actual poles and you know incre- increase the safety, fix all the crosswalks, but they want to put in a bike lane. Oh God, the bike lane! <laughs> Jesus, are these people so, ever going to? Are these folks? Oh Lord! I mean, clearly we need like the biking, but. I just, they can't, you, you got to figure out a way to do it. That's like, is, wouldn't it be easier, I guess, to not put these bike lanes on these major throughways and make them share the road with so much traffic. Wouldn't it be easier, in fact, to build a fair, a few overpasses over a number of streets or, or make the cyclists stop on no. some of the side roads or build a new, I mean, just, it's crazy to me what we're doing. Build a bike lane one street off the main street right and put in a couple of stoplights so that they don't have to wait it for or, or you know or whatever yeah and build it one off the build it one off the main drag because right. put in this put in the standalone stoplights and then make make cyclists wear a sensor so that like if there's a lot of cycling traffic those lights are sensor based or or you just put the or you just put the cross button like a crosswalk button right next to the street so that the bicyclist can ride up onto it and push the button yeah or this isn't this isn't difficult this is just this is just the city making our main thoroughfare shittier so that you will take so that your commute gets shittier right and you might take the and you might take mass transit this is just a push to make all the all the all the busiest streets crappy Mm -hmm. and they did it downtown Mm mm-hmm and it made those streets crappy. They did it in my old neighborhood, and it made like, it crappy. Yeah, because I used to have the awesome like back back door commute, like that I knew like all the side streets that I could get to the office much quicker than taking the the main thoroughfares. And then they mm-hmm. put bike lanes in all of them, and it, it like just made it much much harder to navigate. Yeah, they put one in Bellevue on 110th, and it's just it sucks. Yeah, it's it's awful. I mean. there's no reason that needs to be the street with the bike lane on it. Right. Yeah. I think about 35th. It's like, it's already almost impassable at rush hour. Yeah. Right. And now, and instead of, instead of using the real estate better, they're going to take the real estate away from you and then put a bike lane in there, which isn't safe for the cyclists either. If I was a cyclist 
I don't know if I'd want to be riding that street anyway. Right, exactly. I don't know. So what's the so people get what there's death threats? Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to dive into the story. I just really it's, want. It's, it's mostly about the subject matter and like people are vandalizing the the, the work equipment the, when it's left overnight and stuff. I'll, I'll tell you who the death threats against. It's against cyclists who want to use that lane. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we? Why, I, why don't you just put one? Let's put a cycle. Why don't we put a bike lane on I five and just say, "All right, cyclists, go ahead, take that, take that in the morning." You know, I a couple of years ago on Twitter, I got into a, a, a disagreement with former mayor Mike McGinn. <laughs> um, basically about this subject and he's like oh my you know i was about so much more than bikes i'm like okay well that's not what it came across just so clear and he like <laughs> mischaracterized what i said and then he like split the thread and started doing this i was like you see what you're doing to me right now like i pointed right. out all no, these things well, like, he's, this is why you're a piece of shit well he's a professional politician he, yeah. he just I mean, he just worked the plan on you dude that's just i brought him back around i was like this isn't you're 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 not being reasonable and, and we eventually reached some common ground but he started off by just being totally butthurt about it and i just Really? Yeah. I find that shocking. Yeah. It's like that someone that well, someone that's on Twitter w- on someone on Twitter might be butthurt about <laughs> He got mad. I like, you know, when people get butthurt over stuff that I say, instead of I just delete shit on Twitter. It's like I don't want to I'm not here to fight with strangers. I just I don't engage. Yeah, it's like, like whatever dude, with your bullshit. Yeah, it's like whatever, dude. I don't know. I don't know. You're just that happened on the UW thread where we were talking shit about the Cougs recently. A couple days later, some Coug drops in and replies to a three day old thread and it's like how did you even get here? Yeah. Like, you, what, are you searching for, like, right. the word get cougar out. across Twitter and, like, trying to find threads where you could jump in here and start trying yeah. to talk shit three days later? Get out. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. There's some dude on, on – I was just talking about something, and he jumped in, and I was like, dude – I didn't mean to trigger you, bro. <laughs> but, you know, and then he's like, you know, triggering's a real serious thing. I'm not triggered. I'm like, oh god, delete. I'm like, I'm gonna delete my post. I'm gonna delete all my. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear about you. I'm just not here to. This is not what I do on the internet. This is not. This is not my. This is not my thing. I just, if you can't, if you can't come with something reasoned, not only am I going to not engage with you i'm just gonna go ahead and delete what i wrote because i don't want to deal at all i don't want to see you in my mentions i don't see nothing it's like forget it it's not what it's not what i do i'm with you right. i don't generally delete i just try not to engage uh some people just you know some people just kick down your door sure. and i'm just like and i don't want to see you in my mentions, so i'll just delete my post and and you and and i don't block people but it's like mute delete my post out i got actually the other day right by when i posted that thing about uh um his name is jerry orbach being the voice of lumiere oh yeah and it was just sort of a you know a i didn't realize this and hey isn't this a cool thing and then some guys like you know you eventually said the same thing which made me laugh but some guy like right off the bat was like who's a classically trained theater actor and like sent me sent me his resume and i'm like cool <laughs> like, like i wasn't saying that he wasn't ca- it was a surprise right. to me that he was capable i was just right i it's didn't know jerry arbach ob- could do a crazy french accent it's just not the obvious it's just not the obvious like you know how you do that with with those with animated films you're always trying to figure out who the voices are yes i try not to look them up i try to like just sort of kind of feel them out mm-hmm but yeah, you'd never got Jerry Orbach. No, never. Years. And years and years, I watched that movie and never looked up the cast. And then I was just shocked when I saw it. I think it just flashed across the screen. Right. Maybe um, a thousand times better than Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor's Lumiere. Did Ewan you see? Li- oh, did you, I, did you I, see live I, action Beauty? I saw it, but I gotta say, I wasn't really paying attention. Like I, I should say, it was on. I was in the room <laughs> where it was playing. <laughs> I wasn't watching it. Yes, they get Ewan McGregor to do it, and it's like about. One hundredth is good, which is sad to say. It's like we should have just. Could you just we just find get, a French guy? No, well, couldn't we just have gotten all of Jerry Orbach's lines and just had him do it again? Right, didn't he already he have the cuts? Yeah, he basically says all the same lines. Right, yeah, he's just reusing the script. It ain't hard. It ain't hard, people. Well, the last thing I was going to bring up tonight was that uh, things I saw on the internet was this terrible escalator malfunction in Rome, which I didn't even know this was a way that escalators could malfunction. It is a down escalator that it's just broken loose, and so it's essentially like just it like it, it got it went to neutral and just yeah the weight of the people just shoved the stairs yeah like, so it must down. have it must have been because it's full right because it's from a soccer state it's a people that go down to the the um, subway from the soccer stadium and so this 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 
escalator is 100% full. Every step has two people on it. Oh. And I, I assume that's what caused the problem. Um, and a few people were seriously injured. Nobody died, thankfully. But when you see it, it's fucking terrifying. First of all, I, so they're going like 20 miles an hour down. And I guess I bring it up just so if people want to see it, they should they should watch this. Only so that the next time they're on one of these escalators, they have a plan for when this happens. Because I don't think that I knew this was even something that could happen. Like, I always was a Mitch Hedberg guy, you know? Escalator never breaks. It's it's it What stares. are you supposed to do? Right. Well, I he, a few people bail out into the middle, but that doesn't seem like a great thing because then the guy starts sliding down on the bumps. He's, like, hitting his ass on the things. Yeah, you end up like, the, you end up like that poor dude in Titanic who, like, ricochets <laughs> off the, the propeller. It's really terrifying to see it happen at first um, because the people start to pile up at the bottom. And then you can kind of oh. see everybody start who's still on the escalator start to realize what's happening, and they you can see them people start to starting to brace and like looking around trying to get ready like so that they get to the bottom they're gonna like jump or try to run or or whatever and a few people kind of escape over the turnstile at the you know not the turnstile but the just the handrail there at the bottom, um, but the one guy that tries to bail out and get onto the middle he actually snaps off one of those things that they put on there to keep you from sliding down it like a giant slide <laughs> like it cracks off right off the bat and then some other guy on the other escalator across the middle like kind of grabs onto him um and he that's actually whips his i think he, that's the move the move is you dive across and grab the other rail that's going up yeah well i think the actually the other escalator is also going down because i think it's one of those situations where they have both escalators going down to the train because they're exiting everyone's exiting the stadium at this time because the video indicates to me that the people who are on the other side are also moving downward. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, jumping across is your best bet. But Especially if you're starting at the injury. top, though, because if, I mean, if that thing's broke loose, yeah. well, I mean, you're just you're landing on the bodies at the bottom, right? Yeah. You just, well, you just, what you don't want to be is the first wave of people who can't run off the bottom. Like, you yeah. don't want to be the first wave of people that fall. Everywhere else, yes. I think you're probably fine. <laughs> like, if you're the very first wave of people and you're able to just sort of run off the bottom because there's nobody in your way, right? You're okay, right? But if you if you're the first wave of people that fall, you're just gonna eat shit. You're on the right. ground. The thing it's, the escalator is probably fucking up your feet. Who knows what's yes. going on back there? You're and in the trample just, zone. Yes, and everyone is stepping on you, and then eventually the entire pile is going to be on top of your body. Right. And that's what's terrible about this video is that it seems scary at first and then like you hear like piercing screaming like 15 <laughs> seconds in it's like oh somebody's legs broken jesus i well i know how steep those those subway yeah. escalators are yeah. i mean that's a, that's 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 no shit man well that's, i think about how long those escalators are that go down to like where the light rail is at the university of washington it's like five stories yeah. down in the ground yeah if that thing broke loose and <laughs> started and just started like just went like in neutral and just yeah. decided to and just let loose like just let gravity pull you down yeah yeah you get to cooking like yeah. by the time you got to the bottom there so always scary to consider like getting caught or ground up in an escalator but here's a new way to be terrified <laughs> <laughs> but what if you were a professional ski jumper and by the time you got to the bottom of it you just extended <laughs> and just flew and then like just a, a perfect, eagle pose and then a, pel a perfect telemark landing i like <laughs> The greatest show. It sounds like some that's very Hugh Jackman. -y. What that something he might do? Yeah, land like a, a giant leaping swan <laughs> <laughs> with the you know landing on one knee with the, the arms out. Right. Yeah, I think that might be. Yeah. Well, he's in both Eddie the Eagle and The Greatest Showman. He likes. Yeah, to I think he may he may have directed Eddie the Eagle. I like that. And movie. and uh, or you land in that cool like uh, the three point uh, the three point superhero pose. Yes. That would also be that would also be an acceptable. Oh, so like the the diving forward leap to, into the roll. Uh huh. The and air, then you, the then, you, then, you then you turn around. And then you then it's both feet and your hands as you and one hand as you slide backwards. Sure. Yeah. Oh oh the, oh! You now you're talking about with the half twist. Yeah. The Wonder Woman. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the three point superhero pose. I like it. That's what it should be. All, All right. right. Anything else? No, I think that's enough of our shenanigans for this evening. Well, that's it for us. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three pod. We appreciate your subscriptions, reviews, downloads, and tweets each and every week. We'll be back next time with, as Chris said, more shenanigans. And until then, peace. peace.